0: Just after 11 o'clock, it's Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor, Hallie, Brandon, Douglas, and Donovan, the intern with you here. The show, as always, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in the Duke's Bruce Grove and West Edmonton Mall, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Is that Usher to start the show? We're getting ready for Super Bowl 58 down that in Las Vegas? a little bit
1: of Usher, yeah. Uh, yeah, getting ready. Getting gotta, ready.
0: Got to let people know because there's a lot of slander towards Usher and uh, his Super Bowl performance. I think it's going to be a heck of a show for the older generation not the really older generation, but the middle older generation, the early millennials. They're going to be feeling it. And I think the younger crowd is going to be like, this guy's not bad. This guy puts on a show.
1: I think he will uh, he should be able to... Because the youngest of fans, I think, will be unfamiliar. And hopefully they can get a nice little introduction to Usher when he comes out. Uh, what, what is he starting with, Connor? I'm sure that'll be uh, one of the prop bets that I've still yet to peruse at. I was doing more of my draft research heading into today's show, but... I think, does he open with yeah? Or does he save that for like a closer? I think he might open with that one. The one we just heard. DJ got us falling in love. What's the one with Will I Am? Oh my God. Oh I, think, my God. Yeah. I think that, I actually, you know what? That's my pick. <laughs> that, that could actually, be a good one. That's what he's opening with. Because
0: I would get Will I Am and you're like, oh, geez, he's also, out here too. Will
1: I Am back behind the turntable spinning him. Yeah. And then like later he's gone. And then who's there next? Lil John. Lil John. Lil John got the beats to make the booty go boom. <laughs>
0: Loving this club. That's with young Jeezy,
1: right? Really? I don't think I know that one.
0: That, it's slower, but it, it's got a good beat. I think that would be a good one. If Jeezy rolls out, people are going to be fired up. <laughs> half the generation, more than half, will be like, "I, I was this?
1: I was going to say, Jeezy, I think that is a large majority of people will not know who that is. But
0: then it will open up to
1: a new world of Jeezy fans. How old is he? <laughs> he's got to be pretty old by now. You're saying he's no longer young Jeezy? Yeah, he's old. Well, isn't he, doesn't he just go by Jeezy now? Oh, does he? I don't know. Oh, he does, yeah. He's not young he's forty-six. GZ. He's not young Jeezy anymore. He had
0: some hits, man. Oh, yeah. He had some. He brought the heat. Anyways, we'll move on to fantasy sports for a little bit, at least. Uh, today, coming up on this show, we're going to be joined by Russell Brown. You know, draft expert uh he's been uh, a friend of whatever program i'm on i'm on for a long time love having russell on to discuss uh, just what's coming up in the nfl draft and of course the fantasy football tie-in uh, he was down at the senior bowl last week so we'll ask him uh, any sleepers that we might need to watch out for as we get towards the combine like if you could land a puka nakua this year in the 10th round not a bad idea. So it's it's never too early to look at fantasy sports and Spanish, fantasy football, especially with the rookie class coming in.
1: It, one of my favorites in in redraft leagues, because I'm also in a dynasty league where we draft rookies, so that it's very, very important because you run out of those top names pretty quickly, right? In a three-round yeah. three rookie draft, you're picking 36 guys. Um, but my favorite thing to do in a redraft league or even a keeper league is maybe there's a person who's starting the year on IR, And so you draft them where you want. Like, you can probably get them a little bit later with the understanding they won't be available for four weeks six weeks uh, I think tj Hawkinson will be a name at the top of that type of list this coming fall so you draft them and then you immediately fall in the draft stash them on your IR if you're fortunate enough to have an IR spot and then go and pick up one of these kind of sleeper rookies or something like that that you think might have a chance um because uh, usually drafts a uh, following training camp you kind of have an idea who makes the roster and maybe a a chance to surprise you uh, a Nakua type maybe tank Dell even as well because I don't think tank Dell went in many redraft leagues and if so it would have been pretty close to the tail end uh but he was a very quick and heavy add much like puka in the first few weeks of the season so guys like that that's my favorite move is to the ir stash you obviously need ir spots to do that but uh but yeah i'm looking forward to this chat uh, i've i the the rookie class is as enticing as ever lots of big names at each position
0: yeah and i mean you know it seems like every year there's kind of one or two just can't miss defensive prospects uh will anderson last year had a lot of hype around Tim Witherspoon in the corner that ended up going to Seattle. I think he was a pro bowler. This year, I, I'm, I'll have to go
1: through a mock draft and look, but it's a lot of offense. There's receivers, quarterbacks. I mean, Brock Bowers. O-O linemen even, of course. Uh, yeah. We talked about that yesterday, the day prior about Joe Alton. Once again, I'm sorry, but the guy whose name is hard to pronounce from Penn State. They'll probably both be top 10 picks. So It's going to be uh, offense heavy, I think. Uh, at least it's hard because there'll be a run of quarterbacks um, and I think landing spot will matter a lot for each of their individual uh projected success at least as a as a rookie player and if they get starts maybe sit and wait we'll we'll kind of see
0: yeah it, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a lot of fun well when it all gets going well so we'll we'll talk about that and then you know there's also that kid out of Oregon State who is also a tackle getting a lot of love hmm Fuaga sure I wanna I wanna say that's the name uh he'll be very interesting Joe Alt and then even like JJ McCarthy. How high is he going to climb?
1: How high is he going to climb? Um, you know, where where do Michael Penix and Bo Nix go? Are they first round picks? Uh Jane Daniels, uh, once again, like the run of quarterbacks is going to matter a lot. Uh the couple there's obviously the the big name uh, receiver out of Washington, uh, Roma Dunze, but they've got yeah. the the secondary one, uh Taj something I, I want sorry, I don't have it in front of me. Um the, the, the small kid out of Washington out of Michigan just won a national championship. Um, so there, there's lots of names, uh, and as always, running backs. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to be taking uh, any Jameer Gibbs this year in the top ten or <laughs> Bijan Robinsons, but there you, I guarantee you at uh, by within the few first few weeks of next season due to injuries, opportunity there will be at least a couple running backs, uh, rookie running backs that are getting probably at least 50 percent of snaps on a team with uh, with a veteran or, or like I said, an injury. So the, you got to keep tabs on everything. You can't just look and be like, all right, yeah, we've got uh Jake Neighbors, we've got uh Odunze and we've got uh Michael Penix, etc. Like you gotta you gotta look beyond that. You gotta look outward and see what else is available to try and dig a little deeper
0: hundred uh, percent. so that's coming up later on in the program. Of course, last night, uh, Edmonton Oilers from a fantasy perspective, certainly not ideal, only scoring one goal. And it came early on in the game. They fall to the Vegas Golden Knights, three to one, one goal, empty netter. So basically a two, one game, uh, Brandon, I'm sure you guys had a lot of talk about that earlier on today with Kevin Karius, uh, Aiden Hill made some absolutely five-star saves in that one to rob the Edmonton Oilers of opportunities. But overall, they looked like a team that had ten days off, in my opinion. Like the, they were sloppy at times, looked lost. Uh, I, I I saw Tyler Hrachek tweet out that. Evan Bouchard had a heck of a game. I'm pretty sure that was sarcasm. Um, (laughs) He looked lost over there. Even with the puck, like, second-guessing, the instincts looked a little slow. Didn't
1: look like the confident guy that we've seen with the puck. Like Vincent Desjardins looked a lot more confident with the puck last night (laughs) than Evan Bouchard did, which... Credit to DeHarnay, but that should not be the case when you've got a guy who's already put up 40-plus points in the first half of the season, uh, Manning, your top eight. And he still almost you know got on the board that that one shot off the post. Yeah. So the Oilers came close a couple times, but um, McDavid and dry-side owners, you're happy. Uh, points, of course, and shorthanded ones at that, so a little extra fantasy bonus usually. Um, but, but, yeah, like... It's so funny because that was, the, I think, probably the game of the night on a lot of people's schedule. It stood alone as the the late slate one. But there are a lot of big performances elsewhere across the the league. Elias Lindholm, two goals, his first game in a Canucks sweater. Uh, Andre Kuzmenko scoring in his Calgary debut. Huberto each three points, and we're getting some cookie drop offs. Yeah, from uh, from our good friend Sean Smith and Cookies by George. I think they got a big. Valentine's promotion So Connor here you go This is a perfect We tried to get tell Laddie this earlier Don't tell my wife Take it home and uh, give it to uh, your lovely wife And she'll think you splurged a little bit These are mine <laughs> Don't tell her <laughs> she, I'll give her mine As a, Curtis, <laughs> Curtis, as a gesture
0: <laughs> Yeah We only got one Brandon got them And he thought you should he have them He thought you should
1: have them You guys got yours stashed in the backseat of your car Yeah Chewing them for breakfast on your way in every morning
0: One on the way to work every morning That's exactly it Oh man Poor Donovan the intern, didn't get one. I'm willing to share. That's that's the biz, <laughs>
1: you know. <laughs> I'm just devastated right now. Well, like, he- I'm going to be watching you guys just chow down on some <laughs> wonderful cookies by George. They're so good. Oh, my I'm God. sure there's some of my favorites in there too. What's but- your favorite one? Oh, I'm a big just anything chocolate guy. Like, just if there's chocolate, double chocolate chip. I like the double chocolate within, like, the white dollop in the middle. Yeah. Like I think it's white yeah. chocolate in the middle. Like, uh, what do you call that when you're, like, in baking terms, like, when it's just that little piece in the middle of the cookie of, like, separate hardened chocolate? chunk. Well, no, because, yeah, like, cause chocolate. It's like a
0: very smooth chocolate,
1: chunk. chocolate chunk is its own type of cookie where it's, like, chocolate chip, but they're bigger pieces of chocolate. There there is a name for that in baking, I think, because obviously I don't know why I'm not a baker, but I think I watch a lot of them on Instagram. They come up on my reels. They have it. They're like, oh, and now we'll just finish it off with bloop this thing, and I I don't know what they say. I don't
0: know. I it's hard to say exactly. <laughs> but uh, big. How do you, how you do you
1: search that dollop in middle of cookie name on Google?
0: I just I'm just gonna look for the peanut butter ones. I don't think they have a dollop of anything, but the chocolate chip ones do. So good. Oh, they got some M and M's. Well, thank you to uh, Cookies by George for the drop-off. Uh, it is a Valentine's Day next Wednesday. We are a week away officially, men. So, well, ladies too. Spoiler, man or girl, take care of everyone. It's gonna be gonna be good. I don't know. My birthday is the twelfth. I hate Valentine's Day. Like, I want my birthday. I want to take it easy. I don't want to worry about anything what? else. But I always have to make sure I do something for the person in my life.
1: Is uh, so, does your wife like double up? Like, your birthday present is also your Valentine's Day present? Mm, No, I don't think so. Double presents?
0: Yeah, but I'll get like chocolates, which is good. Sounds pretty good to me. But I don't,
1: I don't. (laughs) I'll tell you what, Connor, that's more of a present than I'm getting on Valentine's Day. (laughs) You could get yourself something. I treat myself every day. There you go. Uh, You're going to buy yourself a box of these? Get them sent to your house? No, I'll get them sent to the office, and I'll just say on the, I'll get on the card from your to Brandon from your secret admirer. Then everyone here will think I'm cool, yeah, and have a secret admirer. She doesn't go here. She's from a different school. She's from a
0: different city. <laughs> she lives in Canada. Did you get any black and white cookies? <laughs> Seinfeld.
1: <laughs> yeah, there we go. What's the Sein- key to one
0: of those cookies? Brandon?
1: Seinfeld reference of the day. Uh, what's the key? Got to take a little bit of. Oh yeah, black, a, little, a, little a little little bit of white in it. Unity. Quality. Well, I we can't crack these open quite yet. That
0: would not make for good radio. Not saying this is great radio, <laughs> but it would it would drop it'd be, off. It'd be worse. It would drop off. A- We're eating
1: ASMR of me just eating a cookie and like <laughs> slapping my lips together over this beautiful uh, delicate dessert. I once
0: uh, was having some like cantaloupe and jumped on air very quickly, and I thought I hit it very well. Because there was some food in my mouth and someone like texted in, what are you eating? <laughs> I was like, dang. So what what does it doesn't make for good reading. What's
1: more noticeable, Connor eating cantaloupe or Declan typing out a essay of a text <laughs> message to reply to a, a, a texter in on the, the, the line here at the studio. It's that
0: space bar,
1: man. <laughs>
0: it's, you need it, but it's so
1: loud. This keyboard you have to be very gentle with. It's a gentle lover. It's a cruel world where people are like, let's get them the loudest
0: keyboard we can find. And then do radio, do that radio. It's tough. Uh, but yes, yeah, the Edmonton Oilers falling three and one to the Vegas golden Knights. Now I saw a lot of panic and that's going to happen. I feel like when you win 16 games in a row, people are kind of freaking out like, Oh no, we lost. They've won 24 of their last 28. They put themselves back into Is a playoff position. Some might say you got uh, the ducks and the Kings winnable games. I would say first game back, tough one to go into Vegas. Vegas even with the injuries that's a good team like you don't win a Stanley Cup by not having great depth and role players so the Vegas Golden Knights a solid opponent even if they haven't been playing their best hockey of the season it was a big game for them you saw that in their reaction uh, uh on the topic of reaction McDavid and Drysdale looked absolutely pissed off so I love to see that they, they Connor was mad after the they, game they should be if they were so close but now let's see how it uh how it the response is, you know, Thursday, sorry, Friday, Saturday, down in California, later games, a chance to start another streak. They won eight, lost three. Won 16, lost one. Math tells me they'll win the next 32.
1: The me law of uh, exponential growth leads us to believe that. If
0: they lose the next six, yeah. then they'll win the next 32, which might take them into the playoffs good run. Do they have that and as I said do they even have 38 <laughs> games left on the schedule? We we should hope. It'd be a heck of a run. Uh we'll let's take a break here. When we come back, we will talk to Russ Brown, Fantasy Pros, uh talk a little bit about the upcoming NFL draft. He was down at the Senior Bowl, Reese's Senior Bowl in fact, down in Alabama. Uh, so we'll talk to him about some of the prospects that you might want to watch out for later on. And then some of the top-notch prospects as well. Ideal landing spots, uh, Brock Bowers for the Chargers. How many touchdowns will he cast catch next year? Over-under set at 12.5. I'm going to take the over with uh, Saquon Barkley in the backfield. Chargers building a dynasty. It's going to be unbelievable. Look out for the Chargers. <laughs> we'll take a break. It's Fantasy Frenzy, Hallie Douglas, and Donovan, the intern here on Sports 1440, brought to you, as always, by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. 11.21, it is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Hallie, Brandon Douglas, and Donovan, the intern with you here as we're talking all things fantasy sports for the next 40 minutes, give or take, before we hand things over to Alan Mitchell. And uh, Declan Kruger for the Lowdown with Low Tide. If you want to text in, one 401 1440 is the text line. We're going to talk some fantasy football in a second here. Also should mention, the show, as always, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. We will get to our Fantasy Wizard now, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. When you head down this weekend for Super Bowl Sunday, make sure you download the app. Simply by doing so, you get a free order of garlic fingers. Of course, Chiefs, Niners, going to be a heck of a game. No better place to watch it than the Canadian brew house locations all around town. So I'm quite confident in saying there's a location near you. It's gonna be a great time. We now bring in Russell Brown, covers the NFL Draft for fantasy pros and betting pros. You can give him a follow on Twitter or X at Russ NFL Draft. Russ, good afternoon. How are you doing today?
2: Good guys. How are you?
0: Doing very good. Really appreciate you coming on here because, uh, as we tweeted out here, it's it's never too early to get ready for your NFL drafts when it comes to fantasy. And uh, we'll bring up the name Puka Nakua from last year. He was the one who kind of burst onto the scene in week one and never really slowed down. He was absolutely outstanding for the L.A. Rams this past season. So with that, we, uh, we look into the senior bowl here. And... Uh, Reese Reese's Senior Bowl annually held for the seniors, the top kind of draft, draft prospects around the NCAA. Uh, from what you saw, Russ, uh, anyone kind of let's say just improve their draft stock tremendously from their performance this week?
2: Yeah, there's certainly a couple of guys. Uh, one of the top receivers there, I thought from a, a consistency standpoint, was Louisville's Jamari Thrash, five foot ten, 185 pounds built more of like a slot receiver, but definitely looks like he could easily play on the perimeter. Really good release package from him consistently each day. Not a true like speedster. I don't think he's going to win with a bunch of vertical routes down the field all the time with this explosiveness and speed, but his burst and his pacing of his routes is what really separated him, I thought, from the rest of the receivers. He was constantly open, whether it was a dig route, an out route, some of the spacing concepts that they would have. He was he was very talented in that regard. So I think teams are going to take a liking to him. And it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up moving up draft boards and, and really became a, a number, a day two pick uh, for, for some team in the NFL. But the other one would be Roman Wilson out of Michigan. He was uncoverable. Uh, he really was uh, at 5'10, 186. So similar build as Jamari Thrash, but he's a little bit more fluid a little bit more explosive. I think the straight line speed is what's going to really intrigue teams. He's expected to run a sub four, four in a couple of weeks at the combine. He was on Bruce Feldman's freak list on the athletics. So if, if you want to get into, you know, the combine stuff, those would be a great resource there with Bruce Feldman and the players that he has there. But those two definitely stood out. Um, and then just to kind of take it a little bit further, lad McConkey. there's so much to like with the Georgia kid. Uh, reminds me of, of Wes Walker, in a sense, with some of the shiftiness in his routes and the way that he does certain things. Uh, but furthermore, you know, a talking to Jordan Reed of ESPN, who's a good friend, and uh, just listening to how he was preaching about McConkie, he was the, the way he summarized him, and I thought this was awesome, was just he's a cat chasing a laser pointer. And that's the way he kind of releases. Off the line of scrimmage, so there's a lot to like with those three receivers. And I think if you're looking for, you know, a potential dynasty pick or just somebody, you know, on, on day two of, of fantasy drafts and things like that, I think he, the, you know, those three guys really stand out.
0: Now, uh, Russell, last year at the NFL draft, we had to wait till you know the twenties before we saw the run on receivers going. At Jackson's been the jig, but Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, uh, three out of four of them had pretty good years. Quentin Johnston had a, a couple of drops in key situations. Uh, as a Chargers fan, they they stick out to me very well. But this year. Uh, top end talent as far as receivers go uh, It's absolutely amazing with some of the guys That we're going to see Obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. might lead the way But Romo and then also uh, Malik Neighbors out of LSU uh, When you look at those three uh, Is Marvin Harrison the clear cut Number one and, and if so How far ahead of the other two is he
2: I, I think he's he's Further ahead than most people think uh, Just the, the size at six four two oh five 205 And the fluidity With him. He is one of the best players in the draft, one or two on probably the consensus boards. I don't think it's going to be both quarterbacks at one and two on on teams' boards as far as overall rankings. I really think it'll be a combination of Marvin Harrison Jr. at one and, and Caleb Williams at two and vice versa. But he he is so talented. The way he attacks at the catch point, there's much to be desired with just his overall skill set. Uh, not saying I dislike Odunze or Neighbors. I like both players quite a bit. I think Malik Neighbors is incredibly explosive. I think he's got plenty of run after the catch ability. Roma Dunze, just so fluid um, at 6'3", 215. You don't expect a guy kind of with that size to move the way he does. Uh, I like all three. They're all first-round talents, and I, I could see any combination of, of Malik Neighbors and, and Roma Dunze after Marvin Harrison Jr., but I, I think the sweepstakes for Marvin Harrison Jr. will get very interesting uh, with whatever Chicago decides to do at quarterback, and then obviously potentially New England at three, and then uh, the, the Cardinals at four.
0: We are discussing the NFL draft, some prospects to watch out for in fantasy football with Russell Brown of Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. Give him a follow on Twitter at RussNFLDraft. Just looking at the running back position, Russell, uh, you know, last year we saw B. Jean Jameer Gibbs going in the first round, uh, Zach Charbonnet in the second. And When it comes to the running back position, are there anyone who stands out to you that could be immediate contributors to their NFL squad in the 2024 season?
2: I don't think it's a great class at the running back position, but I I do have two players in mind. Um, Bucky Irving from Oregon is the first one, Uh, 5'10", 195. But he runs incredibly hard for that size. But when you think of three down backs in the NFL, picking up blitzes, pass catchers, He kind of fits that mold. I think he's a really good pass catcher. I think he's incredibly explosive out in space. He makes defenders miss. He runs through hard tackles. So I think his skill set translates better than a lot of the running backs in this class. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up becoming the first back off the board. The other one is Blake Corum. Uh, the five eight two ten back out of Michigan. Now, I'm not a Michigan fan. I'm, I'm based out of Michigan, but I'm not a Michigan fan, so there's no bias there. But it's one of those where you watch him run, and he is a lot shiftier than people give him credit for. I think it's more so people think he's just this downhill, bowling ball type of runner, and in reality, I think he's much more than that. Uh, he, his game really reminds me of uh david montgomery of the lions and i think if you get him in the right situation he can be successful so i think those are two guys that really stand out at the senior bowl last year or last week amani bailey from tcu stood out in my uh my film studies prior to the event and then just watching him the pass catching ability is there he's got this ability to get skinny through the hole he's got really good burst his body type at five, eight. 207, 208, very comparable to like a Devontae Freeman, at J.K. Dobbins. I think the running style kind of replicates that as well. So he's a fun player uh, that might go a little bit sooner than some expect as well.
1: Russell Brown from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros, our guest here on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Uh, now, Russ, uh, as is almost always the case when you have a, a ton of high-profile quarterbacks in the class, which uh, I'll touch on them in a second, but with that usually comes the receivers that they've been throwing to all season. And whether it's um, uh, Jane Daniels down in uh, LSU, Bo Nix at Oregon, uh, Michael Penix Jr. At Washington, there's there's tons of, of big name wide receivers. But once you move past the likes of Marvis Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, and and, and Roma Dunze, th- there's a pretty big crop kind of in that middle area of that group of guys um uh, you mentioned uh, uh lad mcconkey earlier but uh, excluding him what are some other names that you kind of have high expectations for maybe not necessarily in their draft stock but as uh, as impact players next year wherever they land
2: uh, donnie mitchell from from texas uh is the first one six, four, one ninety six. 196 i think he's gonna test really well he's a fluid mover Uh, I love the the pacing in his routes, the the quickness, and he's got some burst to him. And I think there's times on tape where it looks like he's just not interested in running routes and not interested in in being part of the game. And then in the key moments, he kind of turns it on. But at the same time, there's just so much talent there. And there's a reason why he was highly touted coming out of high school and there's a reason why he you know, has been productive really wherever he's gone. So I look at him as a potential fit somewhere in the back end of the first round. I, I think, you know, you look at a team like Cincinnati at 18. If they let T. Higgins go, which I'm expecting them to do, if so I think that they could replace him with an Adonai Mitchell. Not the same type of player, but you're hoping that Donnie Mitchell could potentially become like an A.J. Green because that's his body type. That's the way he plays. I think the play styles are similar. Uh, sticking with his, his teammate, though, Xavier Worthy, speed threat, vertical ability, only a buck seventy, but at the same time we look at a team like Kansas City, they love speed on the perimeter. That's exactly what Xavier Worthy is. A hundred meter dash, it was a sub eleven seconds. So he's a guy that can really fly, and I think he's going to be a guy that tests well in a couple of weeks. Um, Malachi Corley, 5'11", 210. He had a good senior bowl, pulling those Devo Samuel comparisons because of usage and body type. And I think when you look at guys that can run after the catch and be utilized in the short yardage areas of the field, Corley really fits that mold. I, I think day two is certainly in the conversation. Testing will matter for him. that that will really solidify is he a borderline day two pick or more of a day three pick but I think there's a lot of good with those three players and I mean I could could go for probably a (laughs) solid hour on a couple of different guys.
1: Russ Russ Brown from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros our guest here on Fantasy Frenzy. Uh, Russ uh, shifting back to where I kind of teed that up to the quarterbacks Uh, there seems to be a lot of discrepancy probably outside of the number one pick Uh, I'm going to somewhat assume that you still uh, like many others agree that Caleb Williams is the consensus number one and probably Drake may right behind him yeah. but after that it seems to be really up for grabs uh, once like some people have all five or six of them going in the first round others see a couple guys sliding into day two uh, or round two pardon me like wh- where do you see things shaking out and, and how many of these guys do you actually think will have starting jobs uh, at the end of training camp this fall
2: I could see two of them having starting jobs, and I could see the third kind of being on the outside looking in, just waiting for the opportunity to start. At the same time, though, I could see the three of Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels all getting the starting nod uh, day one. It just ultimately depends on where they they land. But I I really like all three quarterbacks. Obviously, I'm with you. Caleb Williams is is the clear-cut favorite for me, just the stuff he's able to do off-platform, the arm strength, um, just, just he's he's so talented, he truly is. I like Drake May, I really do. I think he's got a strong arm, and I think he's got great mobility. I mean, he had over sixteen hundred career rushing yards, sixteen career rushing touchdowns. There's a lot to like with him. He's got the size, and I don't think he's like the the typical North Carolina quarterback that we've seen in recent memory. You know, with with Mitchell Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky and stuff like that, and then Sam Howell. I think he's a little bit better. But my biggest issue with him is really the way he drives some of his, drives some of his throws. He's Picking up his front foot, it's more of like a, a pitching motion um, at times, and I think it's one of those where if he can fix that, I think the ball placement will get better downfield. But he's got to just stay in the pocket a second longer. Where Jaden Daniels, he stays in the pocket and he stands tall and he's cool, calm, and collected. So it's very close between those two. Um, but you know, th- I will say just the quarterback whole like the whole group. Bo Nicks and Michael Penix are very borderline. First rounders for me. I think both guys could go in the first round, but I would not be surprised if they fell out. I thought last week didn't do them any justice on the field. Maybe interview wise they did well, but off or on the field, I thought they could have played much better during practice and ultimately in the game last week.
1: Last one for me for you, Russ. Uh, you talking about Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. Specifically, these are a couple guys in the Senior Bowl. The um, Spencer Rattler ended up being the, the MVP from that, but he's quite a bit further down the pecking order and when stacking up this draft's quarterbacks. This is something I've always wondered. And, and as, a, as a draft guru, I wanted your insight on it. Why do we look at the older players and guys that play out, you know, all four or five seasons um, in, in their college careers, kind of look down on a little bit more from the quarterback position as they enter the draft? And I mean, Nix and Michael Penix Jr. seems like they've been in college forever now at this point. But I mean, they both had great seasons, both statistically and uh, to their team's success. Penix taking the Huskies to the national championship game. So uh, is it just a physical maturity and less room for growth, or is there something else that kind of knocks the draft stock of guys like this
2: I think you hit the nail on the head I I think you know there's some inconsistencies within their game over a four or five year span and there's no growth in that inconsistency there's no improvements there so when you see guys like Michael Panik struggle with more touch and he doesn't hit in the middle of the field it's one of those where you would hope that you'd see those improvements and it doesn't happen. And then you watch him during a week of practice. And I get it's only three days and he's following a lot of basic concepts in the playbook and how to defeat a cover three and those types of things. But at the same time, it's like, man, you want to see that growth. And it's just not there. So I, I think that's where myself and others are like, I don't, I don't know where this guy translates because the, the physical, the physical limitations with, again, the touch and throwing in the middle of the field and and those types of things. And obviously the injury history, it, it, I think limits the player and it ultimately hurts his value in draft stock uh, and overall grade. And and kind of the same thing with Bo Nix. I mean, he had some good red zone sessions. He had a couple of good throws, but he also struggled with touch from time to time. And he was rushing through progressions and feeling the pressure. So I, I think if you can see those improvements, that's why those guys might go a little bit later and then they end up becoming better pros than they were in college or, or whatever the case may be. But uh, it's, it's very close between those two in the grading scale, and they're not far off from the other ones. But we need to see those improvements before we can really settle in and say, hey, this guy's a first runner. At least that's how I'm viewing it from, from my perspective.
0: Russell Brown joining us from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros here on Fantasy Frenzy. Hallie Douglas and Donovan, the intern, with you here. Uh, Russell, just a couple more for you. I tweeted out September 26, 2020. Spencer Rattler is going to be a problem for Big 12 defenses. I, I don't know how to look back at that now. Like, obviously, I was not correct. Uh, what do you What do you see when you look at Spencer Rattler? Because I, I thought this guy was going to be a stud. I, I didn't love his attitude, but I thought his arm talent was just so strong. So uh, what do you think about Spencer Rattler as a pro?
2: The arm talent's definitely there. I mean, just I've been watching Kamari Lassiter from Georgia the last couple of days and watching him match up against Spencer Rattler in that South Carolina offense. I mean, I I have throws clipped together where Spencer is, is essentially throwing from his knees or falling down and he, and he puts it on a dime, you know, it's a dime, it's on a rope, uh, 20 yards down the field. And it's not a, that's not a very long throw, but it's, it's an efficient throw. And it's one of those where you see it and you're like, man, this guy has the arm strength. He has the tools. I'm with you, though, on the maturity thing. I, I think that hurts him from earlier days. But seeing him at the Senior Bowl, he interviewed, I thought, better than just about any quarterback there. I thought he handled the spotlight very well. He was very open to having conversations with the media and obviously teams about himself as a person and the growth that he's had as a person. So he, his his evaluation is going to be very interesting. I could see him being a, a third- or fourth-round pick where Maybe, you know, two months ago you looked at him and said, okay, there's too many character flaws here. He's going to be a fifth or sixth rounder. I think he might have moved himself up a round or two just simply because the arm talent. And it looks like there's some maturity and growth within his game as a person on and off the field.
0: Good to hear. My last question for you. We get to draft night first round. The Detroit Lions are on the clock. Number 29 overall pick. What name would make you the happiest?
2: Anybody on defense, to be completely honest. (laughs) Anything on defense would make me happy. I I mean, the the dream scenario was Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo, but that pipe dream is probably gone. He's either first or second corner off the board and and more than likely a top 20, top 25 pick. I would be perfectly fine with Kamari Lasseter out of Georgia. Maybe that's some Regency bias, but I think he fits a lot of the tendencies with cover three and cover one man in defense that the Lions like to run. Um, I, I think his press ability is impressive. I think he's got relatively fluid hips, but he gets beat on double moves. He gets a little grabby, more so turns into face guarding downfield, but his physicality really stands out above any corner in this class. So I think the Lions will take a liking to a player like that. Um, And it really depends on the edge rushers. If there's an edge rusher like a Jared Verse, if he ends up falling a little bit, which I don't see happening, but, if somebody falls, I, I could see the Lions jumping up and trying to take them. But they, they could go in a variety of ways. I don't think it'll be a quarterback. So if it's not that, I think I'll be happy.
1: And sorry, Russ, one more quick one uh, for you. Next fall, uh, your dynasty or anybody's dynasty uh, rookie draft is lining up, whether it be three rounds, five rounds, doesn't matter. What are like? What is the realistic likelihood that depending on landing spot, Brock Bowers could be the first player off the board uh, in rookie drafts for fantasy football next fall?
2: It's possible. Uh, It's definitely possible. I think Caleb Williams could potentially take the cake there. You know, make the case for him to be the guy, just simply because he's, you know, the the upside is tremendous. And we're talking about the quarterback position, especially if it's like a two quarterback league. We all know how important it is to have a, a young guy like that. But yeah, you could make a case for Brock Bowers, and if he comes in and has some type of impact, you know, comparable. I don't even want to say Sam Laporta, but. Something in that regard where it's 60, 70 receptions, I, I think you could justify saying, hey, this guy's worthy of being a, a first overall pick in, in Dynasty Drafts.
0: Great stuff. Uh, Russell, thanks so much for doing this today. Really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can get you on again closer to the draft.
2: Absolutely, guys. I appreciate it.
0: Well, there you go. Russell Brown, give him a follow on Twitter or X, at NFL Draft covers the... The whole run-up to the draft for Fantasy Pros does a great job. A good follow on Twitter as well. And if you are a Lions fan, he's a Lions fan too. So you get lots of commentary on that. Uh, man, the NFL. I mean, I, we got to touch on it every once in a while because like, the Senior Bowl is a pretty big deal and then this, the Super Bowl is on Sunday. But then it's going to be the Combine and then we're going to have free agency and then the draft and then mini camps, and then we're right back at NFL the, season. The,
1: the landscape changes so quickly, both from our... Perspective and coverage of the NFL, to then also like the the landscape for fantasy football next year, which I think my put myself in this camp. Like I I'm always thinking about it, even as I'm watching these games, and like, ooh, who's gonna like? Do I take a flyer and Kadarius Tony again next year? He's playing on Sunday, apparently. So, uh, but like, we're a couple days away from the Super Bowl, and as soon as that game is over. The attention is immediately already on, like you said, the combine and the draft as a whole of that. So it's uh, the NFL dominates the calendar year round, obviously not quite as much so up north of the border, in particular here in Edmonton. When we have a team like the Oilers uh, playing as well as they are right now and in the midst of a, a playoff hunt and hopefully a Stanley Cup chase. But like it doesn't matter what day of the year the NFL can drop some news or have something going on, and it will uh, be dominating headlines uh, pretty well coast to coast in all four directions. So it's uh, it's exciting, and I and I love Russ's uh, insight. the The draft is something that always intrigues me. I love keeping tabs on it.
0: Me too. The uh, the script just keeps us intrigued <laughs> throughout the entirety of the calendar year. Slurpee Sean texting in Ah, that was nice. I I think that was in reference to our NFL talk. We'll take a break when we come back. We got a. A couple of names to look out for. Perplexed Oilers fan throwing him uh, maybe potential trade targets for the Edmonton Oilers. One loss and we're back into the trade talks already. Just kidding. Those, uh, those never really went away. Even though the Oilers were winning 16 straight, keep those texts coming into 1440. three four zero one fourteen forty. We'll take a break. Hallie Douglas Donovan. It is Fantasy Frenzy on Sports fourteen forty, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. 11-48, Connor Hallie, Brandon Douglas, and Donovan, the intern with you here. It's Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky. Check them out online at wilhockbeefjerky or in person, leduc's Spruce Grove, where you can swing by West Edmonton Mall, say hello to us. We've got some new hats, actually. You can't see it because we're not on YouTube or anything, but uh, if you walk by, you can see Donovan, the intern's got the the new lid. Uh, For those who don't like the flat cap, it's got a curve. So uh, I'm able to do some more little giveaways in the next little while here as we uh, get the people what they want, and that is 1440 hats, and I'm told there's more stuff coming. So uh, hold your horses. Maybe one day you could have a sports 1440 coffee mug. I think that would be pretty sharp if we all had those. It would be like a TV morning show where we all have like our the logo on our cup.
1: Ex- like Especially during um, like the Gregor show streaming on YouTube. Picture uh, Gregor over where you are, Sean Brown, um, Juan, well, I guess Juan, you know the case because he's not on camera, but like Whomstever Ho- <laughs> is in the co-host chair, and yeah, like the camera on them and just sitting there smiling, staring right at it, the cup, the arm, in like a perfect L-shaped crook. Legs crossed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, that you to blow the desk, but it's all it's all about the <laughs> we're going wide cam, the wide shots. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be really. I'd love a fourteen forty mug. We got these really nice Ewell ones. Shout out Ewell. I really like it because it's like it's a big coffee cup. You can fit like out of the machine. It's when you make the large size one out of the dispenser. It still gives you room for your cream and sugar, and you're not like doing the um, the tiptoe walk trying not to spill it coming back from the machine to the studio. So I really enjoy these cups. If we can get some 1440 ones of the same size, I'm all about it.
0: Yeah. I my The one I had is now a, a guest cup, I suppose. You
1: let somebody use it. I don't want to use it anymore. And I wash, like, when people come to your house and use one of your cups for a glass of water, like, you just don't use that cup anymore? I just give them red Solo cups. <laughs> I'm just joking. Nope, I have my, note to self, I, don't be invited over to Connor's for, uh, for brunch. She's serving my, you your OJ, your, uh, your mimosas in red Solos. Oh yeah, like you don't like that? Well, I do, but I'm <laughs> I'm I'm garbage.
0: I have my cup. I love it. It's my Chargers cup, and the Ewell is reserved for only our finest guests when they want a cup of coffee on the Kevin Carius show. So true. Happy to, happy to let them use it. I'll stick to mine, but wait till we get those fourteen forty cups. It's gonna be unreal. Uh, also, speaking of unreal, today on the Lowdown with Low Tide, it's gonna be a great show. They'll be uh, talking about NHL rumors at twelve twenty. Then at twelve forty, they'll talk little hoops. With Ian Harrison of the Associated Press, he also covers the Jays, so we'll talk some Jays as well. Bruce McCurdy will be by at one o'clock, and then a little Oilers talk at one twenty. Then I think, I think they call it Duncan with Declan at 1.40. Talk some hoops. Talking more hoops, uh, and then today on the Jason Greger show, we'll talk hoops too. Paul Sir is going to be by at five twenty. Of course, the basketball show starting up on Saturday ten a.m. We're uh, really looking forward to that, Paul Sir. Uh, played coached for years so he'll be uh chopping it up every saturday morning at 10 a.m also on the jason Greger show luke wilson former nfl tight end with the seattle seahawks current tsn analyst he'll join us tyler your m will be by at 2 40 to talk about the oilers we've got who is it wednesday from three till four big guest today uh and then mike Rupp, four o'clock and we'll have uh Specter at five from
1: bakersfield is that where? Yeah, he's going to talk to JC, right? I believe that because he was in the airport when he was on with us at uh, at nine, waiting patiently. I I I be honest, I had stepped out of the studio, so I can't remember where he said where he's flying to, but I think to fly to Bakersfield and then dr- or maybe flying to Palm Desert and then or Palm Springs and then driving up to Bakersfield. That would make more sense, and then driving back down the coast to LA for the games on Friday and Saturday. Why not just fly straight to Baco and then drive down once? Maybe that's... But You have to ask Speck. You'll know based on (laughs) where he is. is. I'm
0: looking forward to it. Five o'clock. Also, just because it's in my phone. Uh, Marty McSorley was on with the boys yesterday, and it was an amazing interview. That guy has some great stories if you want to go check it out. And we should also say we do have a new show starting Saturday mornings with uh, the three of us. Declan Kruger, Brad Slater will also be jumping on the mic. uh, Saturday Sports Setup. 9 a.m. So it will lead into the basketball show. Uh, obviously, uh, this week's episode, we'll be talking about the night before the Oilers down in SoCal. Quack, quack. And then Saturday night. Playing the Kings. Playing the royalty. So it's going to be uh, on Saturday, it will be almost like a post-game show of the next day, getting you set up for the next
1: night. Uh, it's going to be a show basically where we just get you ready for
0: as whatever the title
1: what, says to the setup. Whatever's happening on the weekend. And this I'm I'm. Assuming, and I'll be honest, hoping we'll, uh, we'll also have a little Super Bowl talk, uh, yeah. come Saturday morning, the big game, of course, uh, going Sunday from Las Vegas where the oilers were last night. Speck said the scene in l a is or in Vegas. it's he says he thinks it's busier, but it's hard to tell because Vegas is obviously always very busy. It's never not busy, not but like, it's got to be busier. You, it has to be. Like, uh, it's it's media week now, right? So yep. uh, Radio Row and all that jazz. Lots of great content coming out of Vegas this week, both. And there were some stars at the game last night. Polina Gretzky, Dustin Johnson in the house. Yeah. Why not? Might as well go check it out if you're down there. See McDavid. It was a marquee game and didn't really disappoint. It was a good, good tilt.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I'm just saying this. The Saturday show, it's going to get to like 9.55 and we're going to be like, we missed talking about half the things we wanted to talk <laughs> all about. These, it's going to fly it's, by. It's just
1: an, a lot like this show, right? Like we we sometimes get on these little tangents and yes, they, they provide some entertainment value both for us in studio and I hope those listening. But all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, we wanted to talk about this and uh, where tangents didn't allow us to because we wasted too much time talking about our coffee cups or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's... That's a par for the course if you want to use sports. That's lingo. life.
1: That's also showbiz. Also this weekend, waste management opens. Speaking waste of, management. Speaking of golf lingo.
0: And then you know on the the nights when you got a big UFC, of course Declan will be by to get us set up for that. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. It'll be a new lineup on Saturday mornings. The Saturday sports set up from 9 to 10, and
1: then the basketball show with Paul Sir from 10 to noon. Lots of local coverage. We're just expanding it. Uh, not only. 7 to 6, Monday to Friday now. 9 to 11. 9 to noon. Yeah.
0: Then... Saturday
1: mornings. Who knows?
0: Maybe someone's going to want to talk on Sundays. It could happen. You mm-hmm. will work seven days a week. Young I, Brandon.
1: I will do whatever it takes. Uh, maybe I'll start a Sunday program, but it'll switch away from sports and be more of a... Um, a religious thing. I'll just speak, speak the, Lord's, the Lord's word.
0: You it, it wouldn't be the first. To do that. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first. Okay, well, that's going to be the first on this show. we got the lowdown with low tide coming up next. Big thank you to Russell Brown for hopping on the program, talking some NFL for Brandon Douglas and Donovan, the intern. I'm Connor Halley. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll chat tomorrow. Up next, it is the lowdown with low tide. But first, an update with young Donovan brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in the Bruce Grove and West Edmonton Mall. dot Jerky.com.